What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode, episode two of Orange Slices. I'm your host, Steve Pierce, alongside my co-host, the legend that is, Mark McKenzie, who will only become a bigger legend as uh, he grows in his stature as a podcast host and as a footballer. But we want to thank everyone for subscribing so far and listening to our first episode. Make sure you comment and leave reviews. It helps us get found by more people like yourself. Um, but so far, it seems good, right, Mark? People are saying decent things about us. No one's hating us too bad. Yeah, I mean, not too bad, at least, you know, but but I appreciate each and every one of you guys for, for going out there and listening to us and make sure you guys do Go and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and if you listen to Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave a review because um, it really helps us and uh, help us figure out what, what you guys want to hear, you know, and who you guys want to have on the show. So thank you again. Yeah, and then you can go and find us on social at Slice of Soccer across all of our platforms. Now, before we dive into this episode, I think we should really congratulate uh, the Columbus crew. Mark, you don't have to. Obviously, <laughs> I never expect you to do something like that because I wouldn't have done something like that. But their fan base, they've been through so much, right? It's their last game at the stadium. They almost got moved to a never, another state uh, and leaving all their history behind. They were able to save the crew and then have this crazy season. Uh, COVID cases where they couldn't play uh, certain players in the finals, Darlington Nagby especially, um, and then just won it in the most uh, impressive way against the team that everybody, I think, expected to win in Seattle Sounders. Yeah, I mean, the the guy I am, I'm, I'm going to end up congratulating them. You know, look, it's been a crazy year for all of us, so um, <laughs> you, you really couldn't have predicted, you know, how this year was going to end, you know, if we we're going to have a season, you know, to, to be frank. Um, so, so to have it end in that fashion for them, you know, I'm extremely happy for them, you know, congratulations yet again um, to the organization, you know, class up and down. So, um, you know, excited to see, see what that stadium looks like as well. You know, next year is going to be interesting. Yeah, Mark, I, I lost in a final uh, MLS Cup and never made it back again. Uh, it's, you know, would love to know your thoughts on just how difficult it is, right? Getting to the playoffs is one thing. You guys won Supporters Shield. I got a chance to do that as well. But winning a final is just a different different level. And, and a lot of people don't even make it across all professional sports in their career uh, close to winning that sort of like MLS final or a final uh, trophy of some kind. Talk about, just tell me quickly what, what, what that grind is like. And, you know, the moment you fall short, knowing how far you got to go to get there again. Yeah, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty crazy because... When we ended up lifting the supporter shield, you you really would have you know thought that that all that momentum was gonna you know carry forward and and ultimately it didn't. Um, and not saying that that we weren't excited or, or ready for the playoffs, but um, it gives you that much more uh, appreciation for for teams like Liverpool, you know, who were able to win the league and then continue to win the Champions League and, and stack on the trophies. So um, it's it's not easy by any means. Uh, once you get to the top, you know, staying at the top is, is always the hardest part, right? So, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a lot harder than it looks. Now, let's uh, give a little intro on our guests. We just had a conversation with them just earlier uh, today. Um, look, Generation Adidas in 2007 spent the majority mm-hmm. of his career abroad with Rangers, winning three titles in a row, uh, a title of which they haven't won since. They're now at top of the league and have a chance to maybe go back and do that this year under Steven Gerrard. Um He's got 46 caps to his name. He played in the 2010 World Cup. Um, and tell me quickly, how, how, do you, how do you know Maurice Adu? Well, he won't tell you this, but I actually met him when he was at rehab. Uh, he's working with, with a guy, uh, 
Hashimoto, James Hashimoto. He's a, a trainer for the national team. Oh, Hash, Heath, yeah. yeah, yeah. I had Hash too way yeah. back in the day. I know. I, f- I should have realized you guys are both dinosaurs together. So oh, yeah. you you couldn't yeah. even wait till the end of the moment. intro to throw sorry, that in. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But but yeah, I actually met him because I was coming off a of rehab for a fractured ankle, and and one of the union trainers recommended Hash, and I bumped into Mo while he was doing his rehab. Uh, he had blonde hair at the time. I have the picture actually. You know, I'll make sure I send it <laughs> over. But uh, but yeah, he was he was there, and I bumped into him. And from there, you know, uh, came up through the academy and first team trainings and whatnot. And now, uh, he's he, you know, he bullied me inside uh, on the on the field and making me lift weights when I shouldn't have, you know, prematurely. Um, <laughs> I wasn't ready for them sixty pounders at fourteen. I can say that now. So. <laughs> well, I like that. Well, look, we've got a great conversation uh, coming up right now. So let's enjoy a slice of the soccer life with Moadu. Let's get it. All right, so uh, let's welcome in our guest, former Rangers and Philadelphia Union player and U.S. men's national team living legend and current Fox Sports commentator, Maurice Adu. What's going on, Mo? I'm chilling, bro. I'm, uh, I'm sorry I'm a little bit late today. Um, are you, you know, sorry? I've been, are, I, are I, you? I am. I really am. But I've been tasked with doing these uh, these little DIY projects and whatnot. So I was yeah. out there getting so much. Yeah, crazy. I would have never thought I'd be doing it either, but. Um, such as life at the moment, you know, quarantine has us doing crazy thing, exploring different spaces that we never probably would have thought of. So, and to be fair, I actually kind of enjoy some of it. That's fair. I got, I got, I got to say something though. And, and we're going to get into how, you know, Mark, uh, as well. But as soon as I said, Hey, Mo's going to be late. What do you think he said? He said, that's not like him. Mm-hmm. He said that can't. He said that can't be true. That's, that's not Mo. That's so not the Mo I know. Yeah. That's, that's what? He probably had to ask you. You had to repeat that a few times because he couldn't believe it. Yeah, you're always first in, last to leave, right? That's that's how he knows you. That's exactly how he knows me. He actually really does know me like that because I was injured when he came into the first team, or when he came oh, yeah. in touch. You had to us, come so. in for treatment. <laughs> exactly. So I was first in, last out. Yes. Yeah, I was the young head. I was the young head in the locker room waiting for everybody to pull up because I was like, if I come late to the first team train, I look like a clown, you know. And then I see mm-hmm. Oprah, I was like, all right, cool. You know, I'm more <laughs> group, it's it's fine. You know, Mark's my idol, bro. I just want to put that out there. This is my I'm 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 in I'm in the presence of greatness right now. You know, you know what so you know what I'm, I like. I'm very happy. Uh, you know what I like about uh, our generation, Mo, is we're just so thankful. You know, we're not the bitter kind that's looking back at these young kids saying how good they got it. We look up. We look up to these guys now. You know, especially Mark McKenzie, bro. Mark's got the world at his feet right now. And all jokes aside, man, I'm I'm proud of him, and I'm proud to see what this younger generation is doing. Like. The moves they're making, the way that they're, you know, going into these big clubs or whatever club that they're at, they're not just tapping on the door, asking to be let in. They're kicking that shit down and like making an impact. So I'm I'm excited for what's what's ahead of them. I'm excited for what they've accomplished already, but even more so what they what's still there for them to accomplish. Yeah. So, Mo, tell us uh, what you're up to these days besides obviously, you know, staying keto and hitting the gym hard. (laughs) (laughs) I've never actually tried tell us, going keto. Tell, tell us what you're doing these days besides deadlifting. <laughs> Bro, the craziest thing is I actually haven't been lifting at all. Um, been on the Peloton a little bit, but that's about it. Fox, you know, doing some games there. But as, as you all know, we've all experienced soccer and, and that whole space is a little bit crazy. But I, to be honest, I took advantage of quarantine. The fact that um, I had tried to finish my degree a couple of years ago, but because I was in the business school at Maryland, 
they said I had to be on campus for a couple classes in order to finish. But now because of quarantine, that might be the silver lining, the fact that everything's online. So it's allowed me to go back and dive into that. I just finished. Well, I will finish in a week um, this semester, which is crazy. Bro, I haven't been in school for I don't know how long. And then I jump back in. And I have five classes. So my world was rocked. All that. Plus um, having a son that I'm raising here as well. It's It's been a lot. It's been a lot, but it's been enjoyable. And I've been trying to be as productive as possible. Well, yeah. I mean, look, in terms of production, it sounds like, Mo, you're busy. Okay. We all know that that the gym is like your, 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 your go-to. Okay. <laughs> okay. But, sure. but. Are we, I really want to know how much are y'all benching these days? Because I remember I was, I was walking, I was walking into the academy, into the first team facilities and Mo was out here lifting, you know, the, the squat racks and everything, and, you know, putting it on his back, <laughs> doing whatever, you know, Heath though, Heath, I know you're, you know, West Coast boy, you know, flowy surf. Yeah. You hang loose, bro. You know, what, <laughs> what's that look like, you know? <laughs> uh, man, Mo, tell us what you're benching though, for real. Even if you're not repping it out right now, what, what are you maxing out at? Bro, when I when I tell you that I haven't touched the weight in probably six months, I'm not joking. Like I'm being like facts. Like I haven't I haven't lifted weights in in since we went into like quarantine. I haven't touched the weight. I I, <laughs> I believe you, but I know that you don't get as big as you've gotten without having that whiteboard in your garage with your PR on it. What is your <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it says like no. where, where you got a quote that says nothing means more than this day and it's got your PR reps on it. Uh it's got I, your PR. What's your max what's your max bench? Bro, I honestly couldn't tell you, but if I had to make something up, maybe like uh 285, maybe Woo! something around. I don't know. I don't know. Like 15, 20 reps? Like it's easy. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. yeah, right, bro. I'm telling you, but I, I I'm I'm actually feeling kind of like yeah, because I haven't been lifting, but I, yeah, I'm about to build out a gym here and then get back into it. Yeah. All right. But, Mark, Mark, you had your, you had, uh, Mo had his second cap, uh, against South Africa in 2007. Um, I remember that. Uh, was that the Nelson Mandela challenge? Mm-hmm. That game? Yeah. I was, I, I played that one. I remember that. That was a good, <laughs> yeah, that's, that was a fun camp. Uh, it was. and, uh, <laughs> Mark, Mark, you just came off your second cap. What, what was that? What was that like? Yeah. No, it was, it was great. You know, always, always a, uh, an honor when you get called up, right? You know, you guys got X amount of caps under your belt. So I uh, get to follow in the footsteps of, of, of legends, you know, like yourselves. Stop. Hey, hey, we're going to do this again. Mo, <laughs> yeah, he, I, I, before I, he like, got the second cap, he was not this canned. He was not giving me this PR, you know, <laughs> answer. And now he's like, you know, nah, we, let's, let's, we're going to try this again. All I right, want to see the real, uh, where, where's the real Mark? Yeah. Where's the Mark that tell I, me, the, tell Mark me the real Mark? It's just, no one's, no one watches this show anyway. <laughs> Listen. You act like you act like I wasn't like this before. Okay, I'm not. I'm not gonna come in here. Nope. Yeah, you know, come in the locker room singing, singing Bryson Tiller and doing like, come on, man. Yeah, tell so us how I'm camp lying? was. Tell us how camp was, Mark. Camp was a grind. Okay, camp was a grind. We pulled up on Monday. Let's see, last Monday we got there. COVID testing. Boom, boom, boom. Quarantine. Get to training like Tuesday, Wednesday. Get to beat up on some kids a little bit. You know, we got a new a lot of new faces in camp. You know, oh, you're not a kid no more, huh? Nah, these young boys, you know, come in with like, <laughs> face, you know, no facial hair. You know, exactly, you know, so I had to pull out, you know, show a little, you know, veteran experience, let them know what's good. And then we got to the game, you know, I had to smack around El Salvador a little bit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> got a goal taken away, but it's cool, you know what I'm saying? It's just another day. <laughs> Mo, I'm not Mo. mad. I'm not, that's now that's the mark I know. Yeah. No, 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 no. How do you guys know each other? I mean, obviously, 
I see the Philadelphia Union connection, but but what was the relationship between the two of you guys like while you were there, Mo? It was good. You know, uh, Mark, Mark, uh, it was the end of like, what, 2015, maybe, I think. And we played like a, at the end of the season, we played like a little inner squad game. It was the first team against um, against the second team. And they also brought up some guys from from the academy. And Mark was one of those guys. And I remember not, it wasn't just me. It was damn near like everyone was like, Yo, this kid, who who is this kid? Because, and I'm not even trying to gas Mark right now, but he um he showed what he's showing now, right? He was strong in the challenge, he was composed on the ball, he had that recovery speed, and he just had that air of like, you know, every top player has that that borderline arrogance, right? That confidence as, as borderline arrogance. And you can yeah, see that second, in Mark through it. The second answer that he gave, not the first one. That was <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one. Yeah. But you know, but you know, you you need that, right? That's yeah. You need that extra little bit of oomph, and you can see that in him. And so, I don't know, straight away, I kind of gravita- gravitated towards Mark. And when he started, like, getting more, coming up to the first team and training more with us, I don't know, I kind of felt it was, like, part of my duty to kind of, like, say, hey, look, you have something, bro. You have something special, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep pushing you. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk shit to you when I need to, and I'm going to get you in this weight room, too. Like, I'm going to do everything I can to to make sure that, you know, you try to fulfill your potential. But I'm not trying to take credit for what he's done, man. Mark's had a he has a good head on his shoulders and he he's on a on a up and up, you know, and he's only just begun. So but that's how that's how I first got started. To be honest, it was I had a lot of like Mo Adu two point type, you know, it just it was it was a lot of people telling me that, but you know, I, I didn't tell Mo that at the time because I didn't want to make it you know, I was young, I was skinny, frail, you know, it was it was tough, you know. Mo bullying me around a little bit sometimes, you know. But you, you need know, that tough love, you know. You do, but Mo <laughs> won't ever talk about the times I used to bully him on the pitch. But um, you know, it was uh, it was a good time though. It was always a good time with Mo. It was always a good time, right, Mo? <laughs> All right, hey Mo, listen to this. Listen, listen. We're gonna we're gonna drop some wisdom on on Mark today. I I had you on as one one of the people from my generation, right? We're trying to bring one from his generation each week, and then the next week from my generation, which. I, I clearly think uh, ha- have some wisdom. And so talk a little bit about Generation Adidas 2007, getting drafted, what your options were that's different than, than, than Mark now, right? Philadelphia Union Academy is able to be in a professional environment all the way through, start as a young pro. You know, you, you came out of Maryland, rookie of the year, first national team cap. Talk about that journey and how different it is uh, uh, now uh, than it was for you then. <laughs> for me personally, it was different, but I know there were some kids like that I played club soccer with over here in California who, and I at sometimes was like envious because we were on the same club team growing up. And then when residency became like our age group, they got called into residency and I was sitting there, you know, still with my club team, just looking like, why? Like, I don't understand how this is happening. Like, why am I not getting the same opportunities? But whatever, everyone has their different paths. But to to answer your question, yeah, things are a lot different. I would have loved to have been in a professional environment at a really young age because I see there's, I mean, there's, there's tremendous amount of benefit from that, right? You get to learn what that culture is like. You get to, I think one of the best things about having an academy um, is, you know, as kids, you dream of playing professional and you, you have these, these stars that you look up to. And when you're in an academy system, they're, they're an arm's reach away from you. Right. So you have that opportunity to actually go and watch them train. You have an opportunity when you get of age or you get to a certain point where you're, you're able to go and train with them. You have that opportunity to go and train and learn from them. You can see their habits on and off the pitch. You can ask them questions. You can see what they eat, how they uh, do things before training, their 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 routines afterwards. So all that like inside knowledge, you know, I never I didn't have that experience. So 
I I just assumed or I just would ask questions from the guys who were in my college or, or the settings that I was in. But I think there's a huge amount of value now for a lot of these young kids. And I think they're 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 doing it right. Right. They're not just taking it for granted. Um, at least the ones that I know that I'm closer with, like, you know, guys like Mark and his generation, they're doing it right. They're making the most of every opportunity that's in front of them. But my path, yeah, you're right. Heath, it was, uh, I went to college, college for two and a half seasons, three, or excuse me, two and a half years, three seasons. And, you know, after that point, I started having, you started hearing the whispers about there's potential for this or that. There's, I was linked with a couple of teams in Germany. I think Hertha Berlin was one and I forgot the other, um, or the other option was MLS. And I don't know, at the time, I opted to go with MLS just because I felt like I was going into a situation where at that point in time, I thought I needed to continue to play, to play regularly and get and get playing time. Europe was always on my mind, always on my radar and where I wanted to get to. But I just decided to take that initial step and go that uh, go that route. And fortunately for me, it worked out right. Go to the Olympics, have a good Olympic tournament. And then Rangers came calling. And at that point, I was fortunate that my manager was Mo Johnson in, in uh, Toronto. So. The very first conversation I had with Mo, actually, it was crazy. I got drafted. We had to go up there for like the PR stuff. I think I was maybe like 20. And Mo and I are staying in the ho- same hotel. Mo calls my room like, hey, come down. And I'm like, shit, what's like, okay, whatever. So I come down. I'm like, do I order a drink? Do I not order a drink? Like, what's this conversation going to be like? Like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know him personally at that point. Um Good conversation. He just, you know, wanted to get to know me a little bit. And he asked me, you know, what are what are your aspirations? And I told him straight up, like, hey, look, I'm happy to be here in Toronto. I want to do some good things here in Toronto. But ultimately, I want to go to Europe. He looked me in the eye and said, look, you give me a good year, two years here. And if an option, if a good opportunity comes, I won't stand in your way. And, you know, when the Rangers opportunity came, he stayed true to his word. So I always appreciate that because he could have easily said, like, no, or made it complicated, asked for more money or whatever. Um, but he facilitated that and helped me get to that point. And then it was just a matter of me trying to prove myself over there yeah it's crazy because you went to rangers and then mark has been linked with another <laughs> Scottish club. yeah um yeah yeah and i i you were his mentor now i've had this i've had conversation with him man I've, I've tried to educate him about which side is the right side of that situation you know but not it <laughs> i have had those conversations with mark in a joking way but i think for him <clears throat> you know what do I think about that situation? What do I think about that move? It's a big club, right? It's a big club. And straight away, you're in the shop window. Um, if you decide to go and have a career there for 10 years, great. But if not, I mean, I, I, I think Mark would go there and you had the op- opportunity to play in Champions League, win some trophies. And then from there, you could jump up, right? Whether that next move is to England, that next move is to, I don't know, somewhere else in Europe. Um, sky's the limit at that point. But the benefit of a club like that is you're in the shop window, you're the demands are high because you're expected to win every game. I think some people take that for granted because they they kind of snicker nowadays and and say like, oh, the Scottish League is not comparable to the Premiership or to the Bundesliga. But when you play for a big club, a, <clears throat> a club that has expectations to win every game, there's that added pressure. Um, and I think that helps you because it, it shapes your mentality in, in different ways. It challenges you in different ways and you can't let your standard drop. Right. I mean, that's the one thing that like I... I really like about the the whole situation, especially that Ranger Celtic, um, that dynamic there, that rivalry. You know, watching clips and whatnot. You know, I've seen Mo's goal a thousand times at this point. <laughs> I Mo probably posted a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I open the page, Mo, I'm like, oh, man. 
Can't get away from this dad. You would think I was scoring that goal every day, huh? Honestly, <laughs> honestly. That was 100 goals that year because I saw it over and over again. But, like, what were, like, your impressions, you know, going over there to Scotland for the first time? You know, what was life like, you know, outside of outside of playing? You know, that's that's the one thing that I'm interested to, to, to hear about as well. To be honest, I went there not knowing much about Scotland. Obviously, I knew about Rangers and Celtic, um, but I didn't know much about Scotland. But I was fortunate because literally every year that I was there, there was another American there. So when I first went there, Bees was there. Demarcus Beasley was there. Mm-hmm. And he kind of became like my big brother. Well, my little big brother, you know, um, and took me under his wing, kind of showed me, you know, the right things to do, the wrong things that you can, that you shouldn't do, you know, and how to stay and, and maneuver the right way. Um, but, you know, I think for you, when you go there, you're the one thing that's different from maybe if you go to a mid-level club in a different country or even a smaller club in Scotland is if you play for Rangers or Celtic, there's no, you're, you're right there. It's a goldfish bowl. Um, spotlights on you. You walk down the street, people know who you are. So it's a, it's definitely a, a culture shock, right? Because being in Philly, being in the States, at times you can fly by anonymous. You could fly by under the radar and live a normal, mm-hmm. quiet life where there's no you're not your name. There's no threat of you being in the paper every day for the wrong reasons. Right. Whereas as soon as you go over there, um, the limelight's on you and it's good and it's bad. Like I said, you're in the shop window. So there's that good part of it. But then obviously, if you're just if you're moving right, there's no issue. But that's I think that was one of the biggest things that took a little bit of getting adjusted to uh, food. Obviously, the cold. You can Ooh. go through four seasons in a day. <laughs> but uh, but but the culture of football out there is it's it's madness. And you fully appreciate that. Like, that's what you for me, that's what I dreamt of being in. I wanted to be in a culture that just lived, breathed and and and, and you know, where football was religion for them. And that's what you get when you go there. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you know this, Mo, but my first cap was at Hemden Park and. We trained the whole week at Murray Park, right? It was brand new. Mm-hmm. I think it was 2005, and it was new within that year. And I remember seeing it being like, wow, this place is crazy. Uh, and uh, that was when we had to train on turf that night. And Benny Philhaber only brought studs because obviously, right? <laughs> so we had to train on turf at Murray Park. They moved us on the turf because it was obviously raining a ton. So they're like, hey, you guys got to take the turf pitch. And Benny ran around for like an hour and studs on turf. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, man, that must hurt your feet. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that was my first, my first cap there. And so I've got, a, I've got a, a warm place, uh, for, for, for Scottish football, for sure. Before we move on to Bursa Spore, where I paved the way for you with a failed transfer, let's talk about, <laughs> let, let's talk about, I, at, I sent you a text and said, Hey, what are some things you want to talk about? And you were like, well, let's talk about the fact that I was on the cover of FIFA and how Mark's mm. probably not going to be. Mm. So uh. what? What did you mean by that when you when said is, that you, when you said that you were on the cover of FIFA and Mark's probably not going to be? I I don't know. I, I think I understand, but just can wow. you clarify? Well, yeah, two things. One, I don't remember that text, but two, what I probably uh, meant if I did send that text was I was on the cover. Mark's probably going to own stock in FIFA. You know uh, what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, he's that's true. like Mark is on. I, I was here, you know, Mark's level and his his career is going to be here. So like they're probably going to create. Mark's going to have his own game. Mark, are you game? Are you game faced on FIFA? No, bro. Cause le- really, right, so le- what happened was when we were in, Mo was we on the were, cover, bro. You can't we, get game faced, bro. He's because all right, it's because all right. Listen, we were at January camp and we missed it because uh, right at the beginning of preseason with the union, they had the all the game faces come out and everything, and they had all the technology and whatnot. So like fe- beginning of February is when they came out, and we flew in from you know uh, from camp on the second or third. Mm-hmm. So. 
you know, B and I missed the, the whole game face. So I still got the generic, you know, I don't even know what my haircut is. My eyes look, <laughs> you know, <laughs> eyes, face, you know, eyebrows. You in both directions. Yeah. They yeah. give you like a little mini fro. Yeah. I, you see my, my generic boots, like all this yeah. stuff just, it don't look like me. I'm not swole. Like it's crazy. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand it, but. You know, that's a, that's a, you know, another conversation. <laughs> that's wow. fair. That's fair. Now you see why I say, now you, now you get it. Like he's not going to be on the cover of FIFA. There's no reason for that. He's going to have his own game, bro. Yeah. Like it's just different. It's different it'll be like the next like street game or whatever. It'll be, it'll be like Mark yeah. McKenzie's whatever. Edition. Yeah. 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 He might be that one where they have to take him off the roster because he decided to go down the winning 11 route or pro evolution route where he's like, <laughs> no, I'm not giving you guys my licensing because I got this deal. I'm going to be on the cover of this other game. Konami makes would, it. Bro. Wouldn't it surprise me? Wouldn't it surprise look, you me gotta, You got to be on the cover with on the wall company. You got to make them, you know, make them big. So look, lucrative, lucrative business moves. Seven streams of passive income. Bro, you do, know do it. Do you That's see how this guy's for. talking right now? Do you see how he's talking right now? Like this, you, now you get what I'm saying? Like it's just different. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, when you're surrounded by Moadu, Aguchan Yewu, Chris Pontius, um, Chuck, on a daily basis, as a 14, 15-year-old, this is this is what happens. You see, this is what happens. I'm trying to, like I said, I started the show off by telling you guys Mark's my idol, so I have no issue with it. I don't know why Mo is talking like this, because this guy acts like... He's not on Fox, you know, prime time. Oh, hey, yeah. Guys, Sitting in Moe dead too. middle of MLS. MLS dead Cuff. middle of the desk. You know, I, I'm just saying. Please, I'm guys. just saying with the spray painted suit on, with the, <laughs> the tie that, you know, he went to the Halloween store and got this Mr. Incredible. You know, I, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm hey, just saying. It's a nice, it was a nice red. It was a nice red, though. I liked it. I liked it. It was clean. It was clean. I'm not bashing it. I'm not bashing it. Mo, listen. <laughs> We was in the gym together, all right. So, so I would do the same thing if I was on Fox Prime Time. You know what I'm saying? Bro, you gotta have it. You gotta have it just borderline uncomfortable. If it's if it's if it's not there, then it doesn't fit right. Hey, that's that's the way you're to go. live by. Yeah, Spe- hey, I'm on the edge, baby. <laughs> Speaking of uh, of big games, you you just called. Uh, you're just at the on the desk for MLS Cup final. Um, next summer, there's going to be lots of big games, right? Uh, there's Olympics, Gold Cup, World Cup qualifying. You've played in all of those. Um, how do they compare? Like, how how can we how can we get Mark Mark ready? Right, you got Mark in the corner before this big boxing match. How how are we getting him ready? Get, give him an idea of of what to expect. Before you start, though, can we just talk about that list of events? You hear that, right? World Cup qualifiers, Olympic Games, World Cup, Gold Cup. This is. This is a pl- this is a, a a nice list. Wait, wait, of wait, events to play. You know, I'm just saying. But you're right. But did you hear what the question was? How do we prepare Mark for the? <laughs> so that means yeah. that Mark is lined up, getting ready to play these. Okay, all right. Just yeah. so we're on the same page. Um, how how do you prepare, man? You just take it in stride. But yeah, you take them as they come. I, I think one thing, and I hope that this generation does because previous generations haven't. Maybe or I don't know where the disconnect happened. But like the Olympics is. It's a good opportunity, man. And I don't know if the, I don't know what's happened, why we haven't qualified for the Olympics the past few cycles, or my generation was the last one to do it, which is crazy because the talent that's been in the, the you know, subsequent cycles has been, you would think that they would, that they would have easily qualified. So I hope that this next group takes it serious and qualifies because, I mean, obviously the, the World Cup's bigger um from a from a footballing standpoint but the whole experience of going to the olympics representing your country being there with other top level athletes for their respective sports from a global standpoint but also domestically it's it's an, it's incredible and 
I I just really encourage you guys to really take advantage of that opportunity because it's special, man. And and it's capped at U23, so you might only get one opportunity to do that. Uh, the Gold Cup, special for its own reasons. You you have to be dominant in your region, right? Normally, it comes down to us or Mexico. And, hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's enough said for that one. Us <laughs> and Mexico. So you, you, you figure it out. You get it done. Uh, and But as I said before, man, I, I honestly, I look at this group of players and Obviously, it takes time. It takes games. It takes reps. Heath, you know, right? It doesn't happen overnight. Um, and they're they're unique. They're, they're, their group is unique compared to ours. Like when I came into the full team, Heath, you can attest to this, man. That was like pretty much position one through eight, nine was already. It was an in ink. It was typed up, right? That was that was that was that was that. And everyone else who came into camp was pretty much fighting for those two, two, three spots, whatever that looks like, right? Whereas when I look at this group of players, they've all kind of come in. And it's just like, figure it out. Right. There was there was no there weren't many veteran guys there to kind of say, like, look, this is what the national team means. This is what you how you're supposed to conduct yourself. This is what blah, 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 all that. So my group was kind of fortunate in that we had that we were coming in in bits and pieces and had guys above us, had older cats that were like bringing us along. Like, look, this is how you do this This is how you move. This is how you do that. Um, So I just I look at that group and they're unique because they're figuring it on their own. They're figuring out their own little hierarchy within their group different leaders are going to emerge and different voices are going to emerge at different points. And I think they have a, from a, from a talent standpoint, what they got, they're oozing with talent. Um, And I just, when they put that all together, when they all get on the same page and they get a run of games together with the, their, whatever that 11, 12 players looks like, I think they can really do some damage on the, on the largest stage. That's fair. That's fair. I like that answer. I like that answer. Hey, I'm gonna. I don't know why the. I don't know why our producer put this question in there because it's still raw to me. Because I wasn't. I was in the final thirty, but obviously didn't make the final twenty-three for the World Cup. So now we got to have a 2010 World Cup question in here, which hurts. <laughs> but who controlled? Who controlled the ox cable? We talked to Chris Richards. He said Weston McKinney's just snatched that thing and he's owning it now. Uh, who was who the? Who was who controlled the ox cable uh, at the 2010 World Cup? Oh, I got to think about that. I know Tim How Tim Howard used to do a lot of the, a lot of them. He had a lot of those open format yeah. mixtapes that had a little bit of like heavy metal and hip hop all Tim, rolled into like mixed yeah, into Tim, one. Tim might been he might have been in the mix. Stu might have been in the mix. You know, Stu's in, involved in everything. You know. <laughs> ne- next piece of advice from Mark: crowded backline. He's got a lot to prove. Right. Huh? He's he's on the early days. What I'll give my piece of advice first, and you follow up with something, right, Mel? Okay. The one thing that I I would say, Mark, for me that I wish that I had in my career was more of a killer instinct, more of a Clint Dempsey in me where I was willing to put an elbow in a teammate's face if they were going to come between me and getting where I needed to go. That doesn't mean being a bad teammate, but that killer instinct is the one thing that I always was, was lacking. I, 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 I enjoyed the national team. I, they were like, uh, it was like a brotherhood to me. It was something I always dreamed of. I dreamed of the national team way bigger than any club team I wanted to play for. And when I got there, it was hard for me to separate myself from that. But there were other guys that had a little more of that killer instinct of like every single training, they were willing to take my spot and go after it. And that was one, that's one thing that I would say to take with you every single session is, is to have that killer instinct. Doesn't mean be a bad guy, doesn't mean injure anybody, but like that selfishness is only going to make yourself and the team better. Mo, what's your, what's your piece of advice? My piece of advice is be you, right? Like I think sometimes, especially if you're younger and you come into a camp and there's guys above you, you feel the need to try to, to try to play like them. And that takes you away from being, from being the player that you are. And you're, you're called into camp for a reason, right? You have a specific skill set that's 
that's made you the player that you are. Of course, you can always add to that and better yourself. But I think it's important that you 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 stay true to who you are, right? So if you're a player who's comfortable playing out of the back, playing with both feet, taking the ball under pressure, you know, being able to play with a high line because you have the 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 you communicate well enough to keep everyone else in check, and you have the recovery speed to put out fires when necessary, like. Don't let don't don't suddenly start changing your game and trying to play like the guy next to you because you think that that's what the coach wants. The coach has brought you in for a reason. Right. He's seen something in you. He's seen an ability that you can bring that you have that you can bring to this group to make the group better. Right. So as much as you're trying to improve and you're trying to learn, you're trying to take in information. I would say don't stray from from the player that you are. Sheesh. That's called. Yeah. Legend talk right there. Legend yeah. talk. Mo no, just, I just, I just, Mo just, just described me as a player. That. He just described me as a player. Now you can go and be that player. He's, he described exactly <laughs> who I was. So no, I just I just know because of myself, I've, I've gone through periods, you know, yeah. stretches of my career where I thought I needed to be, you know, a, a number 10 or I needed to be, you know, more of a flair player. And when you sit back and you look at what makes you the player that you are, who what makes me the player that I am, that wasn't my skill set. I wasn't going to be a number 10, create chances, play balls like Clint or Landon and, you know, put player. That's that's not me. Can I do that every now and again? Maybe. But like for me to start trying to assume that position or assume that kind of responsibility, all that's going to do is take me away from what my actual skill set is and the value that I actually bring to the team. So I think once you have a clear understanding of who you are as a player, it makes it a lot easier for you to go out there and now show why you're better than the man next to you. Right. Because you're focused in on the thing that you do well and you want to showcase that. For sure. I appreciate that, you know, from the both of you. Yeah, that's that's sincere, you know, uh, as an up and coming player and uh, coming into the national team with, with two caps under my belt now, you know, there's a lot of opportunity this year. So uh, I'll definitely take that, you know, and, and put it into the and put it to my notes, you know, and carry that with me forward. Um, but to to Mo's point about playing, you know, a different position, I'm naturally a nine, so um, you know, I like to score goals. Wow. <laughs> Um, but Woo! you know, I'll, listen. I'll everybody was a nine until yeah. they weren't anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> everybody, you grew up in the U.S. You were a nine. Five. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Here we go, Mo. Now it's time to throw some some, some rapid fire questions at you because uh, I know you can handle the heat. I know you can handle the pressure. Okay. Since we talked Let's about FIFA, my first one's based around FIFA. All right. Do you, Ronaldinho and Guillermo Ochoa stay in touch? Duh. Like he was well, before I got on my way back home, I was I had to get off the phone with him so I could call Heath and let him know why I was running late. <laughs> Me and the show, we kind of lost, you know, the, it just kind of got a little bit murky, you know, the whole U.S. Mexico thing. And it is what it is. But yeah, me and Dino, come on, bro. What? Wow. It was one of the, I was one of the first people he called when he got arrested. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Heath. Sorry, bro. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, man. man, that's OK. All right. Favorite uh, favorite player of all time. Favorite player of all time. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Messi. And don't... Th- What's that? Messi. Messi. Okay. Are you saying favorite? Like, who I think the best No, yeah, yeah. No, no. Like your, your, like- your, your personal favorite. doesn't have to be growing up. You don't have to throw... Like, you don't have to throw some classic Pelé. You never yeah, saw him nah, play, nah. but it's like the right thing to do type of thing. Yeah, like, give me, give nah. me your favorite player that, that you looked nah, up to I, most. Like... I like- Oh, looked up to? No, no, no. Just your favorite player ever. Just, like, like yeah, you one... can change the question, man. Make up your mind. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That is, I did, I did ask that a few different ways. Your favorite player ever. Okay, Car- think... like answer it how you want to. All right, Messi. I enjoy watching Messi the most. I think he's the best player ever, and I enjoy watching him. So, Messi. This is your world. We're living in it, Mo. Okay. Uh, your favorite <laughs> U.S. Men's National Team player, aside from yourself. Okay. Uh, you so can you say Heath if you want. Took, you can say uh, Heath if you want, but it's. Favorite U.S. national team play? I can say Heath if I want. 
I'm not. I, mean, I, I, I mean, listen. I, I remember one time me and Mo <laughs> came in late to camp, and we had to do fitness together, and he wouldn't let me stay. Like he wouldn't, like he wouldn't stay back with me when we had to run <laughs> sideline to sideline. And I was like, I was completely out. I was done. Like I had nothing left. And Mo like has this engine, and I was just like, let's just stick together, man. And he was like, 10, 15, 20 yards, thirty <laughs> yards out. I'm like, yo, I'm trying to make this team too. You know, Bro, I'm trying yeah. to make this team too. I was young at that point, man. I had to, I had to earn, I had to show every camp and like prove. And I'm sorry, bro. I was trying uh, to do the same. I didn't have it. Yeah, but you had been there longer than me, so I was like, eh. That's he funny. has his position. He's in there. You know, I got to still mm. show. Um, favorite national player? I don't know. I, I, I really like guys like Bees. Even though he's like close to me in age, he kind of like was an inspiration for me in some ways. Right? That he kind of like made that. I think everyone grows, everyone plays soccer and they grow up thinking like, oh, I want to play on the national team. Cool, blah, blah, blah. But when it starts like, when you start getting a little bit older, you maybe have doubts here and there if you're not getting called in or whatever that looks like. And I think seeing him kind of like, seeing this this guy who looks like me in, in some way, shape or form doing it on the biggest stage. You know, I remember the 2002 World Cup, it's, it stands out in my mind so vividly and so clearly, you know, seeing, seeing him play on that stage. Um, that whole group, to be honest, like himself, guys like Landon and even like John O'Brien, Claudio. Hey, John O'Brien, right hey. there. That's the John O'Brien <laughs> yeah, right no. behind me. He Much respect. Cla- Mark's never even heard of him. He's a doctor now. Mark's never even heard of him. He was a, he was a Mark. If you have him, bro, like the kid could play. Like, I've probably play. seen clips. I've probably seen, you I've have. probably seen video yeah. of him for sure. For sure. So I don't know. I, I might say, I would probably say B just because I, I, you know, was watching this kid play and then I had the opportunity to play alongside him both for club and country. And, you know, we become good friends to this day. So B is one of my favorites, I say. Okay. Fair enough. Hey, last, last question to you guys on that. I, I don't want to take away from this because I, I'm, I'm, I, I like the, the, these questions, but this new crop, Mo the multicultural representation that's in this squad, how important is it for kids like you that really only had a bees or, or a couple others to dream big, to see themselves within, within the opportunity to sort of see their pathway in soccer, to feel represented in, in the soccer space, right? You look at um, Latino culture and, and it, football is very much part of the DNA. Um, but, but, but for you, how important is it for this group and for the next generation, for Mark, for, for, for him to inspire this next group with, with just the difference of what you see uh, in, in terms of diversity within, within this national team? I think it's huge. I think, you know, a, a big problem in this country is pay to play. And we're always trying to find different ways to, you know, get access and, and allow or to extend that access to inner city kids or minorities or people who don't have the money, the means to, to, to afford the game. Um, but first and foremost, they need, they just need that access point. They need to be able to see that this game is a lot of kids grow up in areas where there's basketball courts everywhere and they realize how easy it is to play. All you need is a ball. Well, soccer is even easier. All you need, all you literally need is a ball. You can make goals out of shoes. Um, but I think it's important having this, this really diverse group of players with the national team, because as you said, they're, they're the ones that are the most visible right now. Right. So if you're flicking through channels and you come across a game and you're like, oh, I mean, it's the national team. Let me go ahead and take a look. And you're like, wow, I see quite a few guys out there that look like me, like maybe my only avenues for success or maybe my other, the only sports that I should be or the only sports that I should be considering aren't just basketball or football. Maybe soccer is an avenue that I actually can pursue. And now, like I was just saying before, you know, there were guys, there were guys, certain guys who look like me that paved the way and opened doors for me. Guys like Bees, guys like Gooch, you know, and before that, the the Kobe Jones, Ernie Stewart, you know, Eddie Popes, Desmond Armstrong taking it even further back. Right. And 
each cycle, each generation, you assume that responsibility. You know, you're creating opportunities and, and the success that you have in some way, shape or form is opening doors for that next generation. Like, I hope that, you know, the the path that I went on through through Europe, through MLS with the national team, that in some ways it inspired that next group, the the marks and guys like that. I hope that in some way I inspired them and and made them feel like their dream could actually become a reality. Um, and it's you know, it's a it's a it's a cycle. Right. It's a process that. Sometimes you don't even realize you don't you take it for granted. You don't even realize the responsibility that you have and the the platform that you have to really inspire that next generation. But I think once you do become really cognizant of that and you assume that role, there's there's a tremendous amount of power and a tremendous amount of of good that you can do with the platform that you have. Yeah. I mean, a quick follow, just follow up on that. I think that's that's a huge point because. And seeing guys like Mo um, and having the opportunity to to talk to these guys, um, it's again the support of them, you know, especially coming into my own this year, um, really finding my voice, um, just not only on the pitch but but off the pitch as well, you know, to inspire other kids who look like me to to step into this realm, you know, and it's not familiar in, in a lot of cases, you know, just with access and whatnot, but there's still plenty of opportunities that come through it and, and through this game. So, you know, I appreciate you know Mo and and Demarcus and Gooch and. Uh, you know, all these guys who, who really helped me, you know, in the club now with Ray Gaddis, Warren Craval. So, you know, they really you guys have really assisted me in, in, in growing into the man I am and into the player I am. So, you know, salute to you guys. Um, we, we, we're creating this uh, a, a playlist, a Spotify playlist. Uh, okay. And we want each of our guests to, to, to add a song. You know, my song, I I figure this. You know, Joga Bonito, you know, the, the Mais Que Nada, you know. You know, ah, ah, ah. Okay. Um, I figured that that would be a nice little, you know, touch, you know, the, the football lesson. Okay, but what's the playlist for though? Like it's a this is, it, it, it could be pre match or it could be something you're feeling these days. This is yeah. Yeah, something you know. you're feeling. You know, something that you, you, you gotta listen to regularly. He I'll I mean Heath chose he chose Dead Wrong by, by Biggie, okay? Uh okay. Richards, Richards on the last episode, he he had First Day Out by T Grizzly. So, Never heard so of we it. got a wide we <laughs> Heath, okay. you need to get on that. Um, so we got a wide range of, uh, of genres here, but you know, Mo, I'm I'm interested to hear your your touch. So, so the first thing that came to mind when you asked me to, to think of a song, I thought of high school, and <laughs> I played high school soccer just for whatever reason, that you know, just for fun, whatever. But uh, before training, we used to have like, or I'm sorry, for pregame, we'd bring out a speaker to the pitch, and mm-hmm. I. Heath, you asked who had the ox cord. I had the ox cord. Then I had all the juice then. I controlled those, <laughs> I controlled those airwaves. It was all me. And if you were to ask any of my teammates to this day what song was always played first, at the time it was uh it was Kanye and Twista, Slow Jam. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Boy, I used to play the <laughs> <laughs> So you see us warming up to this like, I mean, I guess it wasn't really a slow jam but or like a slow song, but yeah, that was what I played then. Um You would have had to Philly, look at the lyric things to know what Twister was saying back then. You can't just you can't just Google lyrics, you know. You, you, you I mean, either you know or you don't, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the things. <laughs> You're like, either, I, you know you, either he said this or he said that. But in Philly, the song I well, same thing. I had the ox chord then too. Once again, I had the juice, baby. You know. Yeah, uh, okay. But All we used right. to the the last song that we played right before we would go out was Meek Mill. Mm-hmm. Um, What's the song called, Mark? Uh, Which one? Hold dreams up, wait and Nightmares. A yeah, Dreams, dreams and, and nightmares. nightmares. Exactly. So, like, we'd go out and warm up, whatever, do our thing. There was music playing before that. Um, but then when we came back in, everyone's getting, like, laced up and getting ready to go out for the real kickoff. That song got put on. So that's my song. I'll, I'll put that on there. All right. Dreams and Nightmares. Because it starts out, you know, it builds up. 
Then of once course, you get to that point, then it's like, ooh, yeah, you're ready you ready to go. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hey, Mark, one thing I will say that your generation doesn't have is we used to have in our national team warm ups, Clint Dempsey's Don't Tread on Me song would come on over no the speakers. <laughs> At least three or four of my caps. I remember specifically the first time was against Canada. It was like uh, uh, Bruce Arena, I think, was still the coach. And he had his rap song come out and it was on the speakers while we were warming up. And everybody knew the lyrics to it. And I was like, yeah. Don't trip. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised because Matt Freeze, goalie, homegrown. He's got, he, he likes music. So, um, What's the name he, of his mix? It's Big Booty Mix. All right, big booty mix. Don't ask, don't ask me where it came from, how it came about. But I'm giving him some 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 promo here. But yeah, big booty mix. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that popped up on on the pregame playlist or or at least in the stadium at some point. So, hey, Clint had bars though, bro. Like, oh yeah, you Clint could freestyle like he could hold his own. Oh, you smooth like that. Yeah, okay. bro, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't sleep on it. I can't remember it, but I, I used to know all the lyrics to that song. <laughs> <laughs> he had a whole music video where Eddie Johnson's like bobbing bro. his head in the background of the music video. That was a he time. He had a music video? Yeah. Bro, Eddie, Johnson, video? Eddie Johnson's in oh, it. Oh, yeah. no. Nah, I got to I gotta search bro, this. Him and Trey the Truth became like real cool. Oh, yeah. Clint. Bro, you got some you, clout. Yeah, he's sleeping okay. right now. He's okay. Okay. Oh, Mo, thank you so much for joining us, man. I know uh, we kept you extra long, but you kept us long in the beginning because, you know, you missed, you missed the start time, which is what exactly what Mark said would happen. Um, but we appreciate you joining us, man. This is a lot of fun, and, and I appreciate everything you've done for our generation, for the game, for the future of the game, and what you're doing in broadcast and, and all that. So, um, yeah, man, nothing but, but, but gratitude for you coming on and, and all the work that you're doing in the game. No, nah, man. Appreciate you guys having me. Like I said, I'm in, I'm honored to be on, you know, guest number two could have been number one, but you know, I'll take, I'll take number two spot. It's not bad. It's not bad. Nah, fellas, it was fun, man. Appreciate it. Hey, no, nah, appreciate you, Mo. Thank you, man. And, uh, thank you for the inspiration for the shoes. You know what I'm saying? I, I looked up to you, but, but I'm about to take over. Hey, do your thing, bro. That's what it's supposed to happen, man. Your idols, your rivals, and then you pass them. So do your thing, bro. You're going to try to sell all those shoes, and Mark's going to come in with an anonymous name and just buy the whole bag. <laughs> Facebook Marketplace. You know, eBay. You know, you, got, you know you got the bag for it, so. Ooh, uh, for sure. Yeah, you know. I know. You know. I know. I was, I was selling most jewelry and stuff in the locker room. He ain't know that. <laughs> I heard that now. <laughs> Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. That was fun. Good game. Yeah, well done. Yeah, good, game. good game. Yeah, yeah well played. Handshake. Yeah, yeah, Purell. Hand sanitizer. Yeah. You know, fist, fist bump. High five. Fist bump. Yep. Air five. Cool. Yep. Cool. Uh, elbows. Is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Elbow? And elbows. Yeah. Elbows a thing. Feet. Too. Yeah. You know, feet. Right. Boot touch. Um, cool. Most fun, man. He 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 is a fun guy. You know, I don't get to talk to him as much as I used to because obviously don't play with him anymore. But I I, I just enjoy I enjoy I enjoy talking to him, man. He's he's really cool. Mine's a cool guy. I mean, he took me under his wing, so you know I appreciate him. But but now he's a dad and stuff, so you guys can talk about that parenthood, parenthood. Yeah, you good stuff. You think we'd have more in common now? So maybe we'll. I'll try to. I'll try to spark that up when things become normal again. Be like, hey, we should get together, play date. You know, that's a good way to get, get bring the old friends back. Yeah, uh, you know, reignite a fire. You know. <laughs> but guys, you can go and find us on social at Slice of Soccer and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from, and we will catch you next time. And Mark, before we go. I mentioned you putting in a word because I hadn't officially retired mm. uh, to Greg Brohalter and his staff. He's not responding to my messages. Any luck? 
I don't think I even have his number, you know, to be honest with you. He, he kind of, I think he might have blocked me or something, but yeah, I mean, I'll make sure I reach out to, to somebody or I, I don't know. I mean, I'll see. You know, I'll maybe put in a good word for you. Ah, time will tell. All right, we're out. Peace.